0: Curiosity, what are you so curious about? Everything, Mister Curiosity. All righty, folks, Mister Curiosity has arrived. This time, I'm curious again about a guy named Well. Here's where I lead, uh, blank. What do I? What do I, You know, what do I even
1: call you? I, you know? Okay, it, it's it's going to be Rusty Fender for the sake of the radio show, which is <laughs> on Gem 104 and 94. Uh, 94- <laughs> and TalkWilliamSport.com, Rusty Fender, Shadow Steel. You can call me whatever you like, old friend.
0: Yeah, but the old name, the real name is Dale. I don't like Dale. Do you like, you Dale? like
1: Dale? No, I like Rusty Fender better. Dale, we gotta Dale come, Yeah, Dale you know, is a boring name. Dale is a, no, it's not a boring name. I, I think was it's supposed a boring to, name. No, I told you last time, my folks were going to name me Kent after the cigarette because I was born in the, <laughs> so it was either Kent or Dale. So I, I'm glad they went with Dale because Dale Evans was big back then. So that's a little history of the name, Joe. I know. I remember that from
0: last time. Now, here's what here's what troubles me about you. Oh, well, well,
1: it's only an hour podcast. Now.
0: <laughs> and I don't mean to be boastful uh, about myself, but your mind is more quick and evil than mine. And that scares me.
1: Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. You didn't tell me this to start out with the ultimate compliments. Thank you, Joe, very much.
0: <laughs> and I want to let you know, this still applies. Anytime I say something that you don't want to answer, you just no go bell. hit the bell. No, bell? no, bell.
1: no <laughs> bell.
0: Only amateurs use the bell, Joe. Oh, see, I like it already. All right. Well, for those of you out there who are listening for the first time, this guy is a local icon. This guy has been in the business. He tells me 50 years. Could you give me your whole life in three minutes for those who missed the first episode of this and then we're going to update and talk about your new adventures which
1: are pretty funny okay thanks joe and once again thank you so much for uh you know for having me back on when you do two podcasts with the great joe snedeker you know <laughs> you in any industry from making <laughs> make door knobs you know you've made it in the industry but i thank you and i thank all the listeners i know we had a uh, one heck of a lot of hits on the last one thank you Well, here's the life in review, Joe. So I started out, uh, of course, here in in northeastern Pennsylvania. My first job was a master control engineer at WBRE back in 1978, Channel 28 in Wilkes-Barre. Of course, being uh, involved with the network, I got a call from KNBC Burbank, which is Channel 4, and I was in charge of uh, operations and engineering, satellite engineering. And moved to the West Coast for about three and a half years. I got the call in California because I miss my folks and my friends here. I got the call to go to the NBC television network, of course. You know, it all fits in. the affiliate. You know, the networks call the affiliates and the affiliates call the networks. So I got a call to go to 30 Rock, 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York. and I spent eight years there. Uh, I, then I went, to, of course, to the NBC, the different... Um, uh, the, the, the cable channels, I, I put MSNBC on the air as the director of satellite engineering when they were in Secaucus, New Jersey. Now they're in Inglewood Cliffs. And I was there for four years. And then for four more years, I went to CNBC in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey, I just mentioned up on Sylvan Avenue, same deal, director of satellite systems, engineering, and spacecraft operations. And then I had a job at AT&T at the, uh, at the Avenue of the Americas, it was the program switching center. Where uh, are we Sa- now, in the 80s? Oh, this is, uh, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> This is like this is like 87. It's like You're 87. Yeah. This is high density and, in information. Well, high density. Well, and a lot of <laughs> the jobs, as you know, Joe, were done at the same time. So it's like, you know, how can this clown have like 19 jobs <laughs> in 10 years? Well, like I have now, you know, now I still work for NASA at the Goddard Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, although, although most of America, as you know, Joe, is now working from home. We're all, as they say, home headquartered now. Yeah. So I still do work with that. I, I got a new job, which I'll tell you about <clears throat> in a second. And well, I was, there's three jobs at the same time, plus the radio show, Scale Gas News. So we're into the, and then I went to AT&T in New York City. I worked at the World Trade Center twice. This is a sobering thought because I guess my number was not up. I worked on the 82nd floor of one World Trade Center, Tower One, in spacecraft control, flying the communication satellites, the CKU and KA band communication orbital satellites in geosynchronous and geostationary orbit. <laughs> and then folks this he's
0: not making this up this is just it's like it's like you what you are is an avalanche of information and i feel like i'm being inundated here we go
1: well and, and well and you know what i'm talking about you know you're an advanced education advanced science person for you'll hold deal. you know what i'm talking about so i went 82nd floor down to basement six, B6 of Tower One. Now, believe it or not, you would think that's a demotion going down to the basement, but it was a promotion because in Tower One of the former World Trade Center, I worked there for two more years and I was in charge of their fiber optic network. All the the networks from New York City, ABC, CBS, NBC at the time, uh, Fox was new, uh, the movie channel Showtime, HBO, ESPN from Bristol, Connecticut. (laughs) They all came into the World Trade Center, the basement, and they were routed in a fiber optic network out to New Jersey and Pennsylvania and Virginia to the different uplink stations to put those cable networks up on the satellites at that I time. That. So, I did not yeah, know that. I did not know that. It was it, At the time, it was the brand new word, Joe, was called a node. Now they call it a hub. And I know that your hub for WNEP is now switched out of Norfolk, Virginia. They do all the stations that Tegna owns. I am very up to date. No, on no, no, no.
0: You're my hub. You're my well, hub.
1: Well, I am your hub. Joe. My hub is your hub. But so- Wait, can so we, then we I... pause
0: right there? Can we pause right there? Right, sure. Because we have to review this. You're doing all this technical stuff. So where did you go to college again? Where was that? You got your degrees
1: where? The Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering at the University of Scranton, right here at home. Right. And then I went to Duke. I went to Duke for three more years to get a master's in aerospace engineering and rocket dynamics, propulsion systems, and graduate 78. Now you can't make this stuff up. Yeah, no, but so stop right there. So you're yep. one of those guys.
0: Cause we all know them and don't be offended, but this kind of nerdy math calculation guy, this numbers guy, you're almost, you people are almost like
1: computers walking around. You, you people, we, you, you people, <laughs> <laughs> you people. You people are you people. Who you calling you people? <laughs> but I'm not offended by anything, Joe. So please continue. It seems like when you're when you're when you're
0: that detailed with the numbers and you're entrenched in in calculations and physics and math that you people. I'm talking about you. <laughs> seem to you, you a lot of times you lack uh, maybe the 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 warmth and the arts and the empathy and the creativity that. Uh, put you at another place in society. Are you like that? Are you more like a robot?
1: Yes. Yes. I have I, have, I, have, I have no love for any living thing, Joe. I don't have love for people. I don't have love for children. I don't even have love for houses. I like nothing living in my life, Joe. Yes. And, and to be honest with you, as I told you the last time, and you can certainly relate to this, but as a kid, I read encyclopedias, you know, the Encyclopedia Britannica and things Americana at the time. Instead of going out and playing games, I still don't even know how you really play football. I don't watch football. I don't follow sports. So, yes, I was the nerdy person. And as an only child, my mother, Lucille, as a teacher, you know, my my folks work like dogs to put me through college. So and again, no offense to anybody by this, but I had better with, you know, with five and a half, six years of college, I had better do something better than to pack air pillows in boxes at a warehouse somewhere. So I, I wanted to under promise and over deliver in what I did in my career,
0: I love it. So, is your where do you get that from? Did I ask you last time? Is your dad or mom very uh, yep. very
1: scientific, my, mechanical? My, uh, my mother. My my father was the greatest guy in the world. He was the vice president. Of A P supermarkets at the time they were Walmart before Walmart, the biggest chain of any kind. They went out of business about 15 years ago. About uh, let's see, 19, 2015. So, uh, so uh, six years ago they went out of business. And and like all the old chains, Joe, uh, th- you know, they're, they're they're all they're all tied into big union contracts, high wages, and of course, like the Sears, you know the Sears and the A and Ps, and they they will all go into into history because of the Amazons and the you know and the the Zillow's for selling houses and things. So, you know, it's a whole new world. And if these companies can't, uh, you know, follow the new technology, they will be out of business. So let me get back to what I said. So when I went to when I went to New York <laughs> Program Center at AT&T on 32 Avenue, the Americas downtown, then I got back to Hawley, Pennsylvania. And you probably know this, but Hawley is the main uplink for all of the AT&T facilities up until the, the, the late 1990s. I've so, seen those big, beautiful dishes. Absolutely on Kimball's Road, uh, right uh, down from Lake pack on US six. See now, wait—I've
0: a- seen them. I know yeah. they're there, but I would have never remembered Kimball's Road. There again, yeah. is your weird skill. Well, now, you, well, why do you remember all these little things?
1: Well, don't forget, I worked there, and it's a part of the state game lands. And you come out <laughs> over the waxon River and the rear end, uh, the rear side, the rear end of the of the of the facility there. I bet so you I know the there.
0: length of Kimball Road. I bet you know the exact.
1: No, length. no, no. Now no, no, that's really geeky. They didn't have that in the. entire <laughs> right keep going i'm you're sorry mocking me joe i won't be mocked, be mocked. <laughs> you <laughs> said i can't insult you now you're I'm, taking it back <laughs> me again i will not be mocked so, <laughs> so and at the same time i got a call from doc medic at 98.5 krc and asked me if i wanted to do only show, because, you know, I always did a radio show, you know, back in 19, uh, you know, I, I started at WVIA FM 89.9 with George Graham as Dale Michaels, uh, right. a, a director of my name, you know, doing we- news, weather and sports on his programs called all that jazz and mixed bag. So I was there for four years uh, at WVIA, then to, well, I went to WARD Jim Ward uh, did a talk show on his show uh, Weekend Polka Weekend. Believe it or not, I worked with Rob Nighart, a lot of people in the business. We did polkas on the weekend, very high rated thing, um, uh, you know. And then I went, you know, I, th- and then I got the call, you know, from KRZ, and I said, "Holy cow, this is like a fifty thousand watt station, number one." You know, you get the signal from Penn State, three hours away to Newark, New Jersey, two, you know, two hours away, Syracuse, New York. That- of course. Right, So I said, absolutely. So I kept on. And this is where all the jobs come in. I kept my job in New York because this was just Saturday night. So I did the Saturday night thing. I signed on back in 1980, let's see, 88 and stayed for 27 years doing the oldie show with Shadow Steel on KRZ. And then I got bumped over, thanks to Nancy Kamen, uh, who was the program director and a dear friend at WILK. It got bumped over to WILK for two years. So, so, so 23 years, uh, 25 years on KRZ, two more years on WILK as Shadow Steel. And as you well know, I've had you know, Michael Jackson to Barbara Streisand to 3,000 interviews in, in the 30 years it was on. So I was still working in New York. And then the, the general manager, Gerald Goetz, a dear friend of mine from KRZ at the time, he came to me and said, we're going to start a traffic program. And I thought, you know, from working with the network, as you well know, Joe, I thought traffic was, you know, commercial scheduling and things right. like that. I said, I, I certainly <laughs> would interested in that, you know, Gerald, but if I could keep the Saturday night thing, that would be wonderful because it works with my schedule. So, so he came to me and he said, no, no, not that kind of traffic, helicopter traffic. I said, you mean like doing road reports? Now, you have to remember in in 1990, it started on October 23rd, 1990, traffic. There were no traffic reports in this area before that. WARM, as you and I remember as kids, Joe, was the the big dog in town. WARM, the Mighty 590 AM, they did it briefly, like in like 1962 and 1963, a man named Norm Hill literally drove around the area in a car that was lettered W A R M traffic, and they did traffic reports because don't forget, before 1964, the interstates didn't even exist in this area. 64 to 68 is when they built them. And I would know that working for PennDOT for the last six years. So you know, before 1964, the avalanche continues. Well, I'm just telling you, I'm just <laughs> keep I'm... going, man. Keep going. I'm doing I'm, Joe, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. curious. Joe, don't mock me. So so right <laughs> around the area. And he's in and it didn't work out because once again, Joe, you and I know being in the business all of our lives, especially you and myself, it's like you need sponsors to do this. You just can't keep driving around all day, you know, smoking cigarettes and drinking Coca-Cola, driving around doing traffic reports. So nobody wanted to sponsor it because they said there's no traffic in this area. Well, cut to 30 years later. And there started to be traffic, you know, the, the the inception of the building of the Casey Highway and then the interstates and traffic just, you know, traffic increased exponentially since 1964 until now, you know, in 1968, I could lay down in the passing lane of Interstate 81 at three in the afternoon for 10 minutes and you wouldn't see a car. Now it's stop and go 24 hours a day. It's like the big cities around here. So traffic has grown. And I said, well, you know what? Let, let, me, let me let me think about this. Let me sign on for two years. I signed on for two years. We started this traffic program. We flew in a helicopter, an Enstrom F-28C. Then we flew in a plane, a high-wing plane. Uh, we had a pilot, and I just did the traffic reports for all the stations at the time, which included uh, WKRZ, W-I-L-K, EZ-103, The Mountain, uh, Froggy 101, all of the stations in our chain. And then the TV stations came on board. 16 was the first to approach us. So, so this our we where all- Rusty Fender becomes a thing. Right. The name Rusty Fender comes in. So Channel 16 being the absolute epicenter of anything big and huge in the ratings. And, of course, uh, it still, the, the yeah, still is. And at and at one time for several years, the number one news station in the entire United States, as you well know, <laughs> That's true in the entire United States. When we they still were, are when, in
0: the morning. in some, in, in <coughs> some respects, yes, this is good. Like, this is good. All right. So it, this is good. So so, but I got to stop the, you there again. It's rare for a guy with an electrical engineering degree to then do, there's got to be very few now to go into broadcasting media where you're being heard. So your mind is unique in one way, but it's being applied in a way it's not usually done. I think therein lies the secret
1: sauce. You're not some phony radio guy. Right. Well, you know, in 1973, when I got the job at WVIA, this is a great, I didn't tell you this on the last one, but in 1973, when I got the job as Dale Michaels doing news at night from seven o'clock at night till midnight at WVIA on radio, my mother and father had to drop me off at the station on old Boston road because I wasn't old enough to drive. (laughs) So I had the part time job, which paid nothing. And I would have worked for less just to be on the air as most of the people did from that era, from that genre. So I had this, this part which which became, which became a huge paying job eventually as Rusty Fender. I had to wait 30 years to get it, but it became a big job because I was Rusty Fender. I did the, the, the traffic reports in the morning and the afternoon, uh, which involved getting up at three in the morning and not getting home till seven o'clock at night. I did the shadow steel on Saturday night. And then as, as, uh, as Rusty Fender, I also did two one-hour public affairs shows to meet our FCC mandate on Sundays. So I worked seven days a week. And in between. For how many at-
0: years? How many years does that happen? 27. 27. But what but, 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 but stop right there again. What yeah. is your message then to people listening? Are you like, just wired like that? You can't relax. Are you the kind of guy right. you never right. see? Does it make you mad? It makes me mad when people say I'm binge
1: watching. That actually yeah. makes me angry inside. You know, I could have in during binge watching. I could have the entire house painted twice. See, See, we're the same person. Well, well, yeah. And going back to your text uh, a couple of weeks ago, when you said, quote, retirement is insanely overrated. Now, <laughs> now Barbara, Barbara tells everyone, if I ever, first of all, she says, I could never retire. But, and she's right. I'll probably work until my last breath. But it's nice now, Joan. I'm 65 and a half. I have my Medicare card in one hand <laughs> and my security card in the other. Just waiting to call that eight. 800- <laughs> a boat. So I say this this to all my employers. If I don't like the way you look at me or I park in the wrong parking spot, you're going to be sitting here flying these satellites yourself, pal. So be very, very careful because I got nothing to lose at this point. There's, There's certain perks that come with age, Joe.
0: Yeah, you you're at a point where they say when you're younger and if you have millions, it's screw you money. So you have screw you attitude because of your money
1: and your position in life. I am, I am extremely honest. Let me just say this is probably the, the, only, the, the only serious point in this conversation. I could have retired 10 years ago and lived comfortably, but I would have nothing to do. So now I'm doing these jobs just to do them. And here's the unfortunate part. But let me tell you about the new gig first of all, then we'll talk about the, the driver license. No, 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 no.
0: I want to stop again because this we have okay. this in common. I oh. want to inject oh. this. The and message that I want to give to people from you and me, yeah. and maybe we're different in our wiring, but if you sit around and you binge watch, or you relax, and if you um, 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 uh, take excessive naps, time on this planet is limited. You're here if you're lucky for 70 some years, and then it's over. I say to people, how dare you squander a moment of that time? I'm insulted when people say they binge watch. I'm insulted by my friends, and I'm probably wrong, when they say they're watching football all day. I'm insulted. When, 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 when people sit at a bar stool for four hours, do you realize you are given the gift of life? How dare you spend it watching someone do something, get every second of life and do create, be live life to the fullest.
1: Do you agree with me? I I echo that sentiment 100%. And, and when I worked the traffic from three in the morning, we were on the air at five o'clock in the morning until nine. And then I was off from nine o'clock. I was off until 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, until 6.30 at night. So in that 9 a.m. until 4 o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon window, don't you think I would have liked to have gone home and laid down for a while? If, you know what I did? I taught three, four, and five courses at Wilkes University <laughs> in everything, aerospace engineering, to integrative media, to mass communications, <laughs> to public speaking. And that's what I did. And I did that for 16 combined years, eight years at Marywood and eight years at Wilkes at the same time I was doing traffic. Every second is to be unwrapped like a precious oh, gift. Wow. I love it. I love it. I know that sounds corny, Joe. No, it's, it's like true. He... And you well, know what? We're not if... saying either.
0: We're not asking people to work their life away. We're asking right, right. we're asking people to find
1: something you love and then it isn't work. Right. Exactly. If you want to, you know, and it is a health thing. This keeps me, you know, this keeps me healthy. I've never had a cigarette. I've never had a beer. I've never done a drug. I don't even take Tylenol for, for a head. <laughs> so Now, I eat a lot of fast food. I eat only fast food being on the road all day long. However, if you want to sit around your house watching the Family Ties Marathon on Channel and eat Doritos and drink Coors Beer, you will die. You will die watching that marathon. So it's like my lifestyle keeps me healthy, even though I don't have a really healthy lifestyle with what I eat. But my lifestyle keeps me moderately healthy. You will die watching the Family Ties marathon, Joe. So don't tune in. You will die. I'm serious. You will drop dead, and that's the truth. Lifestyle is everything, and 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 that's been the mantra of my life. And you know, thank. No, honestly, thank the Lord I'm 65 and a half and, you know, go to the doctor once a year and have low cholesterol, low, believe it or not, low blood pressure, uh, you know, low cholesterol, low sodium, low blood pressure. Everything's right on the money. You so get the, pro- even- you the prostate uh, check. You get the prostate check, too? Oh, uh, I've had four already because my my physician, I know you've done all the spots with 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 my other good friend, Tom Williams. I know you did the spots and all that deal. And it's a wonderful thing. I My family physician died. Uh, back in the 80s when I was working out of town. So I did not, and boy, this this is one of the things that I dropped the ball on, but I did not have a family doctor or see a family doctor, a new family doctor for about 15 years. So once I finally got a new family doctor in Old Forge where I live, uh, you know, he said, well, you know, you haven't seen a doctor in 15 years and you're not old enough for your first colonoscopy, but we're going to send you, Said that's fine. So I've actually had four of them in my life. And I'm good every time for about between prostate checks uh, or colonoscopies. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, for, for colonoscopies, I've oh, had okay. four A- and I'm usually good for between, between five and eight years. So I, I guess that's pretty good. I know some people who have, who've have had uh, you know good for 10 years, but uh, seven years I'll take. So everything is good on the, uh, in the internal plumbing, Joe.
0: Right. But we're talking, that's your colon. What about your prostate, that gland that's Pr- in your crotch? You got to get that checked too, buddy. Checked.
1: Oh, I've got that checked by a million different people. Some of them, even their doctors. <laughs> job. So yeah, it's the truth. So, you know, everybody I've done that. I've done everything religiously, prostate, uh, you gotta gosh. be pre- yeah you gotta be preventative okay. are you uh, so on the similar
0: line i gotta ask you this because I, my friends make fun of me all the time even though they mean it in jest This is what buddies do i think i may have found another human being like me let's do the checkoff list and here's where we're rare and i'm not being braggy but i'm saying i'm unique in this respect and i don't know why okay let's check this off do you drink you said no no alcohol me neither it's not that i'm anti-drinking but i have no need right. for it what does it right. do it right. takes matter right. look I-
1: it's Did just you? my folks, my folks never drank and we never had like a refrigerator full of beer at no, home. I, I don't understand the I, purpose. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, we, I, what's the I, purpose? I'm not, I'm not anti-drinking. In fact, Joe, they tell you that a glass of wine every day cuts cholesterol and helps you. So I, I'm actually for drinking, although I just don't drink. Yeah. It's like, uh, do I do I drink
0: orange juice? Yes. But I'm not like going to sit and drink it all day. I, like, I, but, it. okay. All right. The other he, thing, do you watch sports on television? Not at all. No, never. I never did in my life since I was a teenager. Never. That doesn't never. mean that doesn't mean that you're unmacho or athletic.
1: I kayak, no. I bike, I hike, I walk. I do exactly. things. I rather exactly. do things than watch people do things. I'm the only guy I told you last time during the Super Bowl. I'm watching Columbo reruns. On- <laughs> <laughs> I swear to the Lord, I'm watching. Yeah, I don't Col- get it. Why? Why, why would I, you I, waste your time watching other people do things? Exactly. And especially when they're making $800 million for throwing a ball. I don't even watch it for the commercials. I don't, I can't stand it. I got things to do. Exactly. me too. I'm going to paint the living room. I'd I'd rather paint the
0: living room and clean than watch a football game. All right. There's two things. Do you hunt? No, only, only two legged game. Okay, Mike. I don't, <laughs> no, and again, no, I don't, don't hunt either. I don't hunt either. And I'm not saying I'm anti hunt, but if there's all <laughs> these people out there that get food for me, why would I go do it?
1: Exactly. <laughs> like people ask me, where do you get your meat? I said, a price chopper. That's where I get my meat from. <laughs> all I
0: mean, right. And the final thing do you gamble at all? That could be one of our. Never, you, never oh, ever. Oh, my goodness. I think never. we're the only guys on the
1: planet Earth who don't do any of those four things. The uh, the only time I've ever gone to the casino was to be a, a guest star, uh, a guest host on my friend Joey Kramer's radio show at the casino, okay. which is river. It, it's like, I, I mean, you know, hunting, hunting that ruins a good hike in the woods. Like I'm yes. gonna. Yes. <laughs> now there's a lot of now. Now, now Joe, on a, on a side note, there's a lot of people I would like to hunt, but it's like you no know, for <laughs> different reasons. But never, I could never kill an animal. Never, but there's a lot of people on my hit list, so be very careful when you see me coming down Main Street. That's Isn't the that truth. funny? I could never it kill is. an
0: animal either, but I'm a hypocrite it because is. I you know, I love a hamburger and I love my turkey hoagies, but I could never <laughs> do it unless probably I had to. If you and I were cavemen, we'd be killing, but well, now it's like well, I, I I pull ladybugs out of my bathtub. I'm not going to well, hurt anything. Exactly.
1: You know, Joe, the Game Commission tells us, too, that there would be a very serious uh, food population and overpopulation if they didn't have the sport of hunting, so it really fits. You know, it really does. I get that. Yeah. So I get
0: that. But at the, in the same respect, I think that's not their motivation. Let's face it. If they Neither. want if they, they, you, they, the hunters say they, 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 they're calling the herd, but that's, the, 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 if you really right. want to volunteer, why don't you go do the bus stop volunteer exactly.
1: guy with the, okay. Exactly. They're not doing that I either. Think- these guys are just ex, you know, these guys are ex-marines and ex-cops who are disgruntled and just want to shoot somebody for littering. That's the whole <laughs> deal with these hunting. <laughs> I wanna I wanna make this
0: very apparent right now. I am not anti-hunting and i me if, that's your, if that's your hobby, go do it. And I'm proud of you. And I think it's it's exactly. it's better than watching TV, okay? Let me put it that way.
1: There's a guy right on the street here down from Barbara's house in Old Forge. He cuts all the he cuts the meat. He freezes it. And the pickup trucks here as of of the Monday after Thanksgiving were lined up for three blocks. It's like, go for it. It's not my.
0: (laughs) you're right, though. I could. You're right, though. I could have painted the living room three times. I'd rather do
1: it. (laughs) It's done. I'm proud of not pointing to a refrigerator full of venison. I want to. so once
0: so once you were uh, and, and I don't want to get this is where the bell might come out I think I heard that you were somehow tossed out of the the radio business is, is there any truth there what,
1: what or we, do we, you want to say well well we well we all were as a matter of fact one was walked out you know one at a time and it's the whole it's a it's a whole new business now it's an entirely new business there you know the, the, when I was at the station there were like 180 people in the place. That was to service five different radio stations. And, you know, uh, one by one, we were all, you know, not renewed in contracts and things like that. Uh, You know, Rocky and Sue, Sue was the first to go, then Kelly Kay, and then, you know, right down to the other stations, Steve Corbett, who was a huge talk guy on WILK, myself, uh, you know, Joe Thomas, everybody, Joe Thomas, everybody who was anybody at the station, you know, succumbed to the fact that, you know, interns were coming in and you can't really work cheaper than free. But it so, seems like
0: a guy like you who is very valuable and smart and diverse, would they would
1: have held on. Was there more you to would it think, or no? You, you would think, but, you know, and you, and everyone has told me that for someone who did eight different jobs, you know, uh, seven days a week, but it doesn't come to that because you can always get somebody else to do your job. Maybe not as, maybe not as well but you can always get somebody else. And it's all down to the bottom line now. Look at at the people the stations have lost all over the country. You know, you used to have a midday person on radio from – Uh, nine o'clock in the morning when the morning show ended. So from nine o'clock in the morning until noon, you used to have a midday girl or a midday guy. And then from noon until three, you used to have a midday, uh, you know, a a later midday guy or a midday gal. So what do they do now? The big companies, they made a deal with Ryan Seacrest, who's on every station in America. And from nine o'clock in the morning until three in the afternoon, they eliminated. So two, so two people, two people at each radio station and some of these companies own six, 700 stations. Look at what they save in personnel and salaries alone. So they run Ryan Seacrest on his, and he, and his, he's a, he's a fake tool bag. Isn't he? He's a, he's a definite tool. He, he, he's the, he's the most, he's the most uninteresting person in the history of radio. <laughs> and, and they, they, I, you know, what you're listening to from nine until I agree. three, I rather you there. I want you there. I'd rather be there too, but, but it's like, you know, from nine until three is his recycled morning show from <laughs> KIS in Los Angeles. So they record his bits. They cut out the localities, like, you know, Los Angeles and Burbank and Covina and Glendale. Yeah,
0: And then they clip in wherever it's playing. It's ridiculous. Could he For be it? a cyborg?
1: He, I, I, I think he exists, but he's another guy that was in the right, much like myself, he was in the right place at the right time. And, you know, the, you know he, he made friends with Dick Clark. Dick Clark was a, was a good friend of mine. He was on Saturday Night Live with the oldies a million times with me. Uh, you know, he, he would call whenever he had a special coming up, like the American Music Awards, the, the country very, music.
0: No, but you're right. He's very <laughs> uninteresting. He doesn't say anything clever. Exactly. He, he, there's but, nothing funny about him. He's right. just bland. He's,
1: I, think exactly. he's, I think he's a cyborg. Well, he, and, he, and he may very well be. However, he's very successful. And, you know, whenever it's time to do something new, like, you know, like, you know, um, uh, you know, American Idol, he does that. He does New Year's Eve, uh, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. He does the radio show. He I does, know. Uh, he, Maybe we're jealous. Uh, yeah, he does Kelly and, 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 and Ryan. I mean, it's just incredible that one. And, and that's the deal. You get one person and you pay that person hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, but I see. Insane, spread them out all over. Right, right. And you save tens of millions of dollars uh, on all these these other people you put out of work at the local stations. Radio anymore has become just a medium to, to actually just be on the air. It's kind of like background noise when you're painting the living room or when you're hunting or something like that. <laughs> it has very- you know, it has very little entertainment value any, anymore. And it's being really run like a business. And it is a business. And yeah, they it's, have cor- make- it's corporate. It's corporate entity. And they
0: streamline everything and make it vanilla and bland and, Look and at- run it with the fewest amount of dollars in to make the fewest amount of dollars to come out of it. That's what it is. Now, that's happening to TV, too, now.
1: I say here's here's a great juxtaposition. All your stations, including yourself, every station, the way I started WBRE, had a master control engineer, which was myself, used to switch the commercials and the brakes. Now, all your techno stations are all done by one hub in Norfolk. Yeah. So, So look at all the master control engineers and all the master control switchers and operators. They put out a work with technology. All your commercials are being switched from Norfolk, Virginia. I know that I know folks at Tegna, they're building a brand new hub. I do believe in Memphis and they're going to have like a handful of people and they eliminated hundreds and hundreds of people from all their local affiliated stations all over the country. So radio was actually radio set the precedent uh, for what television is doing now by what they call centralized hubs. Exactly right. Our accounting department too. See that even the county department used everything used to be local like traffic all your commercials they're all now being sent to Norfolk Virginia for integration in your local system. So if you see a local ad here for say, uh, you know, Scranton Toyota, one of your sponsors or whatever, it's all being switched from Norfolk, Virginia, not from channel 16. So all the local advertising agencies will mail their product into, you know, your central hub. And then that commercial for your area will be integrated into your local radio station like WNEP.
0: But Rusty, in their defense, um, corporations exist to make money for the shareholders And they're not meant to be uh, touchy feely entities, so they're making the most money they can in keeping the product good with the fewest amount of people. And 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 I'm not saying it's good or bad, but that's what
1: corporations do. So what do you feel about that? And and that's the way it's going to be. And regardless of how you and I feel about that, it's the way it's going to be. Right. If if there's a way to make a dollar, they're going to make a dollar. And like I said, you know, I, I I've never seen. Here's a good example. When I worked for AT&T, AT&T, one of the largest, the largest Fortune 50 companies in history, they, they invented the telephone, American telephone and telegraph. They were into everything. The first satellite in space, Telstar 1962, uh, telephone communications, wireless AT&T. When I got a job at AT&T, uh, it took forever. And in engineering, I went from like New York City to Holly. It was just truly, absolutely unbelievable that here's a place much like Xerox and IBM and AT&T will never go out of business. 16 years later, after I got the job in the 80s at AT AT&T, they sold off (laughs) their entire satellite fleet to China. So, So at that point, I said to myself, wow, nobody is safe in any business. So they had the chance to make that $1 trillion deal and get out of a business that they created. Because in corporations, Joe, there's no history, there's no nostalgia, there's no fond thoughts about the old days. <laughs> it's all about the bottom line. It's about the bottom line, as you said, to your stockholders yeah. and to the chairman board. And that that's unbelievable. So now, wasn't it like now, that 50 so- years ago? I mean, wasn't it always like that? Yeah, but not to the point because you had more companies back then. Now you know, like you take your food products, like Kraft Heinz, That's Kraft. Mer- You're right. Yeah, there's
0: there there's less companies now. It's all conglomerates.
1: There's like five companies now that own everything in the world. It wasn't like that back then. You had local, all these local stations, you know, WNEP, WBRE, WDAU, which became YOU. They were all owned by local families and they sold off to big business when the price was right. And most people will tell me, well, can you blame them? No, I can't, because you get one chance to make a good score, a big sale like that. And, you know, you know, as Steve Winwood once said, when you see a chance, Take it.
0: And
1: that's the truth. Great
0: record. Great record. So oh, this is excellent. I see. I am curious about you. What may I this just popped in my head while you're giving us all your theories on things, which I love. Uh why don't you do a podcast? You'd be the best ever.
1: Because everybody else does. And I wouldn't want to hop on the bandwagon right now. That's not true. Yours would be the cream, the cream of the crop. You know what? You can't even say oldies anymore on the air. They would have to call it Saturday Night Live with the classic hits because everything offends everybody anymore. <laughs> they not like an oldies format anymore. If now it's classic hits. No, oh, you don't well, have to
0: play music. You can
1: just talk. You can just give us your opinion on things. That's what I, I, I want to listen but, to But Well, I think that there's, well, I appreciate that. I, I think there's enough people doing that right now. And again, you know what? My background in technology and lucky enough right now to get jobs that used to pay you know, 90 grand a year, which you're now paying 150 grand a year. And at first, let me say that I am, I am the least money motivated person, especially at this point in my life. I swear to the Lord, I'm the least money motivated person ever, but there's another characteristics you have. You follow your passions, not your money. Right, 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 right. However, with, with, with no one wanting to work in this post-COVID <laughs> climate, now you can't get anyone to do anything. So would I really want to paint my living room three times or take a job that I worked for for 90000 which is now paying $130,000 to 150000 albeit in New York City? Well, I drove five Fox News. The driving's not a deal for me, but I'd have to be out of my mind to being in good shape to turn down an opportunity like that. And once again, for the third time, I am the least money motivated person in the world. But that the, the salaries right now are incredible. There, I've never seen anything like this. I go, I go, I go by a, I, I, I go by a billboard on Interstate 81 near Frackville, and it has roofers, roofers wanted now. I, w- I wouldn't want to be a roofer. That's a very Not dangerous Not roofies. Job. You're saying Not a roof. Right? Not a roofies. No, this is a roofer. Roofer, okay. $60 an hour. Unbelievable. And full benefits day one. Do you know what I had to do in my life? Drive five hours a day to and from New York to make $60 an hour. I, and, know, and I know it's unbelievable. I, but I've never seen two and $3,000 salaries a week for blue collar or no collar yeah. labor. It is just, Joe, it's just, I'm, and and you know, the gravy train eventually derails. This is not going to be like, you're not going to have McDonald's pay $25 an hour for the rest of your life. This is going to end. But, but while the train, the gravy train is on the rails right now, I tell people to take advantage of it. I love it. Yeah.
0: Good advice. And, um, you know, it's supply and demand working itself out. So Correct. let's let's fast forward now to the last since you said this whole your world kind of crashed a little bit in what okay. 08 9 10 somewhere around there a 12. 12 12 okay so so then what did you do over the last well,
1: 10 years then Well I still okay well I was lucky enough to have a civil service exam uh, and got a job with PennDOT Engineering So uh, yeah oh yeah absolutely and that's that ties into this to this temporary job I did at And that ED had to be a great that had to be a great career though when you did that it so was. what do you mean? You had what now? You had what? No, you had well, what? Well, here, well, here's the thing. I still had, I still had, I, I got after, after that happened in 2012, I got picked up by T-102, the station in Pottsville. Okay. And they called the day after we were, you know, most of us were walked when well, I was walked out the door after 27 years. And, and they said, we want you to do the Saturday Night Live with the only show down here in Pottsville. So I did that for one year. I drove So you're about Saturday. my
0: age, Dan, you're in your mid fifties. And you're like, yeah. well, I, I still need work. I
1: got to get, keep busy here. Well, and I, you know, that didn't pay a heck of a lot. It paid, you know, you know, a, hundred, a couple hundred bucks for going down, which which was a good deal, you know, back in two thousand and thirteen, uh, right. year after 2012. So I, I did that, but I had already had other consulting jobs where I was working actually for for a couple of places in New York City. I was working for a couple of vendors that did post production for ABC and for CBS. I worked at hard CBS. Time, hard
0: where, time. You were flying around doing stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, making more money than I did at the radio station, and working a hundred hours a week. As a matter of fact, <laughs> so if that's true. Seven days a week. I, if I figured out what I made at the radio station, I made a dollar twenty an hour because it was a hundred seven days a week. So I made more money in a couple a couple of hours, and it wasn't about the money at that point. You don't so, have uh, any children, do you? No, never. No, so married. They're,
0: they're, see, they're the money suckers. That'll take a lot away from you. So you must have it, you must have gobs of money in the bank well, saved I, up. I,
1: I, I, not, I have. I have pretty high expenses too. And, you know, when you commute to New York city, you know, you, you need that 150 grand because that's like making 60 in this area. You know, True. it, you know, cost me $110 to park in Midtown a day. That's 550 a week. People don't make 550 a week. Then it costs, you know, $16 to use the George Washington bridge or the Holland tunnel of Lincoln. Well, wait, tunnel. When
0: did you start yeah. doing that New
1: York thing? That was okay. okay so, well, I, I worked yeah. for Penn and in engineering. And then, I, you know, you had test and test. And, you know, as you well know, in all seriousness, getting a state job is not easy. It is it is experience dependent. It is education dependent. And the worst part, it is a very political job. I think we all know that. So luckily, I knew some I people. I thought those I, days are over. No, nah, well, those days are never over. It's just the, the faces change. That's the, the deal. <laughs> So I was lucky enough to get in engineering because, again, you know, structural bridge engineering, like who like who knows about that stuff? And if you do, you're going to work for a public company. So you got you know. that in like what, 2010, 11? Well, so I, well I, I got that the week at the same time I was getting ready to leave T-102. The Lindy Corporation called me from Pittston, Scott Lindy, and he wanted to know if I wanted to come up and work in the fracking industry as a field engineer. I said, well, you know, I, I know nothing about fracking. My degree is in aerospace engineering. He said, hey, don't worry about it. I said, well, what? What do you mean? Don't worry about it. I don't know much about. Fracking. He said, well, come on up. With, you know, with the largest, you know, right, level. It's all
0: it's all about pipes and torque, anyway, right?
1: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's about digging a hole for piping. So I I went up and I was there, which started this radio show, the Shale Gas News, Shale Gas, Shale That's and Gas. That's where we left off with the last podcast, Right. So I worked for Lindy and and still do indirectly with the radio show. I worked for them for a year doing all the fracking in Bradford, Tioga, Sullivan, Wyoming and Susquehanna counties, the big five. And yeah, what did uh, you we do? Were, what do you what do what, what does that involve? I, I was I was a supervisor. I did everything from, you know, be in the field and, and supervise the the welding, the flux core stick welding, the shielded metal arc welding, uh, the torch stick. stick. Yeah, each each position of the pipe where each weld is in the gas pipe. I don't know what a
0: flux core stick is. I don't know what that is.
1: It's the type of welding they use. (laughs) Shielded metal arc, flux core stick. uh, All right. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, Wait a minute. I'm the guy with the belt. So, (laughs) so, So I worked for a year when PennDOT called and we did the radio show. And again, I still at this point had. Two or three jobs. Did you feel like you sold yourself to
0: the devil, though, doing the fracking thing because you were unsure about or no? No, I
1: I believe that when we have 300 years of natural gas under Susquehanna County alone and we're buying. Natural gas at six times the price from Russia on cargo ships. No, I'm I'm all for taking. I'm all for taking the money that we have and putting American labor to work here. Okay. I'm okay. actually I'm actually for fracking. I'm actually pro fracking. I'm pro technology, pro fracking. So so you know, and I did all the water treatment, supervised you know the reverse osmosis and ultraviolet sterilization. All the water that we used in fracking to flush down a couple miles into the earth came back as what they call flowback. So all that had to Ultraviolet sterilization. Yeah, the sterilization. You didn't. You didn't.
0: You didn't push that back on your body, did you? The ultraviolet sterilization. Yeah. That, that sounds yeah. interesting.
1: Doesn't matter. I have any kids anyway. I'd be neutralized. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, all for that stuff, Joe. So, so you know, we wanted to make sure that the water we pushed back into the local streams and sure, creeks right. were purer. Than, you know, the whole deal. So big, big environmental job. So I got involved in environmental engineering. Wait, which leads me to, I just accepted uh, a, a couple of months ago that this job as, a, now get this, it's with the EPA in Washington, the Environmental Protection Agency. It's a, it's a co-op job between the EPA and the DEP, the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection. So I am the supervising engineer for hydroelectric dams, waterways and wetlands. And my territory is between Connecticut and Virginia. However, another new buzzword, of the 2000s post-COVID. Now, folks like myself are home headquartered. So I don't work out of my home, but I am dispatched from my home to the, wherever the job site is to supervise construction. The big project now I'm going to be working on uh after the first of the year is the Monongahela River outside of Pittsburgh. It's in Beaver County actually. The Monongahela River One of the river, three rivers of confluence in Pittsburgh. That's, that's The right where they all the, the confluence of the three Monongahela,
0: Allegheny, Ohio.
1: Ohio. Correct. No, right at the former Three river Stadium. That's all I know about sports is the okay. geographic <laughs> yeah, Me too. Me all too. I three so up upstream at the Beaver County Allegheny line, there's a Monongahela River project going on. I'll be supervising that, but only during the week. This is a Monday through Friday job. This is
0: now or recently? This is, this is now. So this, this is, is my late full-time day. gig. You're getting a check from PennDOT. You're getting benefits. You're getting all that. Right. right.
1: Well, hold on. So I left <laughs> Penn to take a job for a year at the Fox Television Network, is where we left off last time, Fox News. I was in charge of spacecraft engineering and satellite operations of 1211 Avenue of the Americas in town, right across from Radio City, for the Fox Television Network. They also had Fox News and the Fox Business Channel. So I was in charge of spacecraft operations there. Same deal I did for AT and and CBS and ABC and all, for NBC and LA. that. So I did in that. Addition to
0: full time work.
1: Oh, that's full time. Oh, absolutely. These are all full time. No, full-time in addition gigs. to, I said. Yeah, in addition. Well, no, the, the, I, I, I just did the radio show for, for Lindy. No, but that thought still- out was the full time gig. It was the full-time gig, but I left oh, I should do that. Right. So I went to Fox and then we got word that the network was moving out of New York City again for financial saving reasons. Now, NBC moved out of the 30 Rockefeller Center, you know, seven years ago, they went to Centennial Colorado, which is their up- uplink site. You know, you don't have union, huge union labor, I- again, $110 a day for employees to park in New York. So NBC <laughs> was the first. Then ABC, your, your network, ABC just fired 2,000 people in March and they let 2,000 go and they moved ABC's technical operations to a brand new corporate park outside of Houston, Texas called the Woodlands. at and IBM, Xerox, all the big players, Toyota, uh, General Motors, they'll they all have offices there in the Woodlands in Houston, Texas. So they laid 2,000 off from New York. Now, Fox moved to Tempe, Arizona, because they got a huge tax break from the city of Phoenix, of which Tempe is a quasi-suburb. Too much information. Yes, it is. And CBS, the only act in town now, CBS in New York, where I worked for eight years up on 57th Street. Yeah, but I'm getting bored now. What's that? I'm getting a little bored now. Too much information. No, no. Well, well, they're going to move to Stamford, Connecticut. Reportedly next year. So, again, and here's the throwback to this, Joe, with all the technology, you do not have to be in New York City at New York City. There's the moral of the
0: story. That's all you had to say. So you're not going in there anymore.
1: Exactly. So with technology, you know, some of the radio shows I do on my iPhone and I send them in as a as an MP3 file, the audio and they and the producer, D.C. Taylor, puts it all together. So you don't have to be in New York City and pay, you know, thirty one dollars for a cheeseburger anymore because the technology is killing everything, uh, along with the fact that people now are really comfortable working from home. Yeah, you know, my I wife is know, one of them. Exactly. And I don't know, as a lover of New York, thank the Lord for New York, New York City gave me, you know, gave me all the, the financial security that, that I have in life. But in all fairness to New York, I do not know, Joe, what is going to happen to all these 80 story skyscrapers, yes. which are all vacant now, because companies are saving millions of dollars a square foot a month and Stay and, home, zoom it in, Right. The there, work. They're even paying for the employees' high-speed internet access at home to keep them home. So I don't know what is going to happen to these big cities with these 80-story skyscrapers because they're all vacant. Is this you now? You're working from home. No, I have, to, I have to go to the job. I have to go to the job site. I don't work from home. I'm home headquartered, which just means I don't have to go to the office every day and then go to a different location. So where are you going every day? What are you doing? Well, it depends. There's there's a lot of different projects. Lately, I've been in the Allentown area. Uh, the 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 week before that, there's a huge project coming up at the Old Forge borehole. That's for the the, the mine, acid mine drainage AMD. So that's all acid mine drainage or old, old Forge borehole. You didn't have to say and then AMD there. Hey, eh, you know I. So, so. <laughs> and then I'm and, mocking and, and you'll, you. You'll find you'll find this really interesting. Up in your neck of the woods, well, not exactly where you are, but down the hill on the Wildcat Highway, which is I'm probably right. There, yes. I, I, I've been stalking you. I've been looking at your bathroom window, Joe. <laughs> but the Wildcat Flood Control Project, that's the concrete channel that comes down along 247s on the mountain. Yes. They used the wrong type of high acid aggregate when they built the concrete walls. So the acid reacted with the gypsum in the cement and it's causing... The, the deterioration, the collapse of some of the concrete walls of the Ooh. channel. Yes, so that has to be redone and it's a combination, once again, EPA and DEP project. So this was one of the first co-op positions in Pennsylvania. I worked for the, EB, the EPA and the DEP. And total environmental engineering. I was in the right place at the right time. Nobody wants to work. I had, you know, basically the qualifications as a professional engineer, a PE to do this. And, you know, I, I couldn't say no to it. Plus the fact that Fox was leaving. Fox was leaving New York. So, I mean, I can commute to New York every day like I did. But, you know, commuting every day to Tempe, Arizona, Joe, that's going to be tough. That's <laughs> All right. So, so this is where you're at in life. Now, you're, you're well, a state okay. employee. No, there's one more in between. I still work for NASA doing all the fuel calculations. This came along a couple <laughs> weeks before. Clock ended. So I've been at NASA since last August. So oh, yeah. What forward. kind of fuel calculations? Yeah. What kind? Well, Let's hear it. Here, okay. Here's the deal Hydrogen. Yeah. How'd you know that? But well, that's very good. Here's the deal when they put man on the moon on July 20th, 1969. Okay, they live in infamy. They were using LOX. Joe, liquid? Liquid oxygen. oxygen. Okay, the reformulation of all the new fuels to put man on Mars. So looking at a Mars landing now, 2036. I'll still be working. I'll be 93, but I'll still be commuting. I'll still be working. (laughs) So what they're doing now is a compressed fuel. So what they're doing now is they're taking, get this, this is why I got the call they're taking the fuels that power communication orbital satellites. And they're using that now in the new landers. So they're using an L3 industrial, liquefied three industrial monomethyl hydrazine component with a propellant LOX. So the catalyst is the liquid oxygen. The monomethyl hydrazine fuel is the actual compressed fuel. So if you're going to save like 10 to 1 from where liquid oxygen was, plus liquid oxygen is, is highly unstable. So So this is, they're using satellite fuel to do the proposed Mars landing in 2036. And all I think because that's- because of those crazy. two outer electrons. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So I well, got called that. Uh, you got a call coming in there, Joe. No, that's so, all right. I, but, I, I, I
0: hmm. Yes. So, so that you're do, you could have just said, I'm doing calculations for a uh, spacecraft. Well, I'm
1: to tell you what it was, though. If you have <laughs> more time, tell you how to build
0: a clock. <laughs> now got me thinking, I'm what? wondering- how do you feel about the new, uh, the, the new Elon Musk? What is that, the Starlink? I mean, these are like what table-sized satellites. They're just going they're hundreds of them. What's
1: you know, going on there? You know, you know, let me just say this as as a rare editorial opinion, but I, I'm asked this quite a bit lately. I, I am I am not I am not at all for I'm not at all for private tourism in space. I think that it cheapens the space program. And everybody who worked in it and gave their lives, some of them to explore it. Now, if you have three billion dollars, you can go with Jeff Bezos and and, and and Michael Strahan to the edge of the atmosphere for seven minutes if you have three billion dollars. I you know, the, the only I way tell everyone,
0: that, I tell everyone, this is like going from my house to Tannersville outlets. It's not that they're not doing
1: anything special. It's just exactly. it's a publicity stunt. Yeah, it's it it's all it's all it's all promotion, it's all right. publicity. I think it cheapens the program, Joe. If, you know, we're going back to the moon by 2024, that's on schedule, uh, 2036, the uh, man-Mars landing. It, it's like, it cheapens the spacecraft to know that people are just kind of like joyriding in space now because you're Elon Musk and you're, and you're uh, Jeff Bezos. However, let me just say this, about, about the, the LEO, the low Earth orbit, that's 33.3 miles. <laughs> the low Earth orbit satellites that Musk is putting up, I think is a very good thing because competition, is good they are they are going to get yeah, low so get rural internet for people that can't right. get internet 100 bucks right. a month i'll take that people who've never had internet or have to go on you know on on, on, a, on a dish which again is the only player in town so you can they can charge you ten thousand dollars a minute yeah some more I, competition i love right. it right Right. So I, I didn't want to tie in the joyriding, Joe, with, with with the very necessary Internet, because let's let's face it, you you can do anything now from the Internet. This will only get better, faster and cheaper. So I, I do believe his low Earth orbit satellites every uh, well, maybe four degree spacing. So four, four, four. So. 160 miles, it's two degrees spacing now. So it's 40 miles by 40 miles by 40 miles by 40 miles, 40 miles, it's two degrees at 23,000 miles. So this will be 33 miles, four degrees, so about 160 miles. I do believe that you, <laughs> rough, rough figuring, I do believe that that will be a boon to the people in farmlands and areas where there are no overhead wires yeah, and that's no, good. you know, that's right, that, I want so, to just say this to all
0: those calculations, shut up. Okay, shut up. <laughs>
1: Of anybody who can appreciate
0: that you can I Come sure on. can all right so um so this is your life now I mean
1: um do you feel good well, about it all yeah I do I, I you know I just did I just did eight months at uh, again while working at NASA from home I did eight months to help out a dear friend of mine at the driver license center this is Wait, a what a what what a juxtaposition whoa
0: whoa whoa, whoa whoa so like now,
1: just, driver's license center here. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna write your promo for you, okay? If you think if you think that catching fish in the Bering Sea is the world's most dangerous job on deadliest (laughs) catch, think again, get a job at the DMV. That's the most dangerous job in America. Because people are just I've never had a where was this? What were you doing? I don't get it. Good friend, we have a couple minutes, right, Joe? I th- well, for this we do. Where where was this, and what was your a, a a good a good friend of mine named Bernie Biros. Bernie worked for the state for 116 years. <laughs> Bernie ran every DMV from Waverly, New York, at the New York State border, all the way down to the Lehigh Valley, all the driver license centers. And by the way, here's a, here's a piece of trivia, Joe. You probably didn't know, Pennsylvania has no DMVs. They're all DLCs. They privatized the, the Department of Motor Vehicles decades ago, like New Jersey did. So when people say go to the DMV, they don't mean go to the driver license center. They mean go to a title and tag service like AAA or Northeast Title and Tag or Leonard's or Gohan So Pennsylvania has no DMVs. They have DLCs, driver license centers.
0: My DMV was, down the road in Dunmore is owned right. by some p- company, some
1: guy. That is, is that the, the, build, the, the building is. And that's where, I, that's where I've been at for the last oh. year working. For, it was a PennDOT tie-in. So Bernie Beros, who was retiring from PennDOT. Is he the Bureau septic guy? No, I asked him that. He's not related. So, and they, they do a lot of advertising on your station, by the way. The Bureau of Septic Tank folks. You so, like
0: septic systems, or you rather a utility? You know, flush? I,
1: mean, I mean, no, I I don't like. Do, do I like them? Yeah. Uh, oh my, I'm not much. And I, I'm a I'm a city guy. I'm not much for flushing yo know, yeast cakes down my toilet. I mean, but you know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do for. Bio All right, debris. let's go back to. Okay, so. so so Bernie called me and after I got done asking if I wanted to come and help him because he was retiring and he had a couple of, of spots for like document examiners and driver license examiners. He said, he said, Rusty, you have a, a civil service exam that's still valid and filed because don't forget to get a job at the state. You have the civil service test. You and everybody who took well, the you exam. You are already
0: for- doing a million other things. Why would you say yeah. yes to
1: that? Well, I'm sorry that I did, but I'm glad I helped the man out. So I turned the job down twice and he called me for the third time. He said, Can you just help me for a few months or six months? I said, Okay, I'll tell you what, this works really well because the DMVs, the DLCs, we'll call them the DMVs just for the sake of it. All right. <laughs> the DMVs, yeah, Mondays, Mondays. I said, Okay, this will work out because I work from home. I work from home usually Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays for NASA. Okay, fine. So I can, I can. Yeah. So I got a job at the it might my, my PennDOT benefits and everything carried over. I didn't have to take the NASA benefits. So that was a boon to me. And I worked at the driver license center. And let me tell you.
0: Yeah. But OK, so I go into the driver's license center and I see people all over. Which guy are you? Where are you?
1: I'm the guy. I am the first point of contact who looked like I was just crucified with a guy poking a sponge full of salt brine in my face. I am the, cruci- I am the guy on the wooden cross. I am the guy that the kids are screaming, kill him, kill him, kill him. Wow. what was so? Kill him. <laughs> I'm glad we waited till the last. This is just, I wouldn't. You'd have to pay me $12 million a week but to ever what, do what's this it, job. What's it, you I, show I, up at I, what time? 9 I, o'clock, I, 10 o'clock? I worked with the greatest people I've ever worked with in my 267 jobs. The but greatest people. people. are annoying but the deal,
0: public?
1: See, first of all, here's the deal. I coined a new term. People who go to the DMV are... Not happy people because they know that you're going to, and I know you've seen this, Joe. All winter, they had to wait outside around the building with saran wrap over their head in the heat and the snow and the 12 below zero because they were only allowing 15 people as opposed to the regular 100 inside because of COVID. So you had to wait in outside for sometimes two hours in bone chilling, bone numbing temperatures. And then they then come you in got in. You. you come in, you saw the guy on the I'm there with my hands outstretched, and the kids poke and brine, and they say, I "Get my real ID." So, real ID is the single point of failure of why everybody is mad. So, okay, so here we go. First I don't of all, have here's... one yet. Should I? Well, you should have one actually if you want to fly domestically. But if you have a passport, that takes the place of the real ID. So here's—I'm doing a public, Whatever. well, public service here for Tegna and for WNEP by telling people what this involves. So you come in. And you need all these different documents So you're getting. So you need a birth certificate. You need a you need a Social Security card, which nobody has. You need two pieces of mail to come to your Pennsylvania address to show that you are a resident of the state. Because a lot of folks who go to the DMV, the DLC, they all own homes in Pennsylvania, but they live in Brooklyn and in New Jersey. So but they all have Pennsylvania addresses. So you have to show that your billing and your service is the same to get this real ID. And no However, one has that. Well, well, people that have That seems wrong- easy to fake. Well, and that's the thing. I had to go, believe it or not, I had to go through extensive weekly training to recognize fake documents. Everything is counterfeited to know who signs what document. So if you have a birth certificate, Joe, like I did from 1956, that's not going to work for real ID because, because my birth certificate was from Pittston Hospital with the two little feet on the back. Well, all that <laughs> stuff- and thrown away. They're all souvenirs. Because when all these hospitals went out of business like Taylor Hospital and uh, Pittston Hospital and all these little local hospitals, they were taken over by the state. The records were taken over by the state. So if you bring in a birth certificate from Pittston Hospital, it's not going to work. If you bring in a marriage license signed by Father Joe or Reverend Pete or Ralph Benowitz, Right, that's not going to work. So people are coming in with all these documents which have spider webs and and cobwebs all over, and saying, "This is the one I've had from 1940, you moron!" On the and cross. then they get mad and, at you. Well, yeah, but they're mad at me, right? And I'm saying, well, that's why it's not gonna work, ma'am, because it's from 1940. And if I could come, if I could climb down from this cross, I would slap your face for talking to me like that. So you need all new documents, ma'am. So they go out, they call me four-letter words. They slam the door. They break the glass. They. It is truly on. Un- if I if I could, I tell them this every day. If I could get permission to film a reality show at the DLC, I would take Dancing with the Stars right off the air overnight. I would have the number one show. They would say, who could write?
0: So every day that's what you were doing for a while? Like how long before? Yeah. But what What about a guy like me who has to get his his photo license renewed? Are you dealing with people like me too or no?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I can, can, you know, I can, the fix is in. I can get you in on a deal. No, no.
0: But I'm saying if I just need, you were dealing with not only those issues you brought up, but if
1: I just need a photo ID, you whether, you need, whether you need anything, Joe, you have to wait in that endless line of yeah. disgruntled, free-aggravated people outside. So, whether you need just a photo or a, a, a an address change, or you want to take a CDL, a commercial driver license test, you want to get real ID, you want to change the name uh, with your marriage license, you had to you deal got with the, all that, all that, and it's just nonstop. It's no. like it's the biggest line. It, and, and, and again, COVID really exacerbated that by making people. <laughs> And then when you got inside, you didn't have the right stuff. So that's why you were really and 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 then it's going to cost you 30 bucks for a new birth certificate, $40 for a marriage license. If the person is dead, you need a death decree and then you need a divorce certificate. So this is a very expensive proposition to get real ID and real ID, Joe, is nothing more than a cheapened passport. You will need it to fly domestically or to get into military bases or in some federal buildings. But a passport trumps everything because you still need a passport to fly internationally, although most people are getting the real ID now because they only travel domestically, much like myself.
0: Well, Rusty, this is my theory why socialism and communism can never work. All you had to do is privatize that whole service and there'd be a million outlets and people would be able to go in smiling faces and it would be done quick and easy. This is why you you can't have government
1: run everything. Well, and you and I again, again, around the same page. And that's why two years ago, the state of New Jersey, because I lived in New Jersey many times. I had an apartment there when I couldn't make it home. New Jersey privatized this a couple of years ago. And the results have never been better. Yeah. Pennsylvania. 30 years ago privatized it and they went to the to the as I just said, the title and tag services, Northeast Title and Tag. Now they're great. Right. Right. And that's when they changed the name of you're right, Joe. And that's when they changed the name from the DMV to the DLC. It's just licenses. And you're right, Joe. And they're great. And it works. And people tell me they're into these places in 10 minutes and out. And that's why they work. And government services never give a damn. That's just the way it is because they're just there. And I do believe, Joe, much like New Jersey and New York State, I do believe within the next probably seven or eight years, Pennsylvania will privatize the DLCs much like they're going to eventually privatize the state liquor stores the, the, because it, it's you're bordering on antitrust and monopoly, even though you're a Commonwealth, you're kind of a nonprofit. Commonwealth is a nonprofit uh, organization, even though the DMB makes money. But I do believe that I do believe that privatization is so definitely. That's the answer. So how long did you do that before you almost uh, killed yourself? Let's see. Before I, how long did I do that? I did that for 678 <sighs> years. No, really. But it, it was it was about a year. And 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 I, I the, the reason I didn't kill myself was because my shoelaces kept breaking when I hung the <laughs> pipe and they kept pulling the pipe down from the ceiling. So I, I, I eventually gave up. And that was Did you tell was, this
0: Bureau's guy like, why did you take me to hell and back? Why did you well, do this to me?
1: Let me tell you, he's in hiding right now because you know, <laughs> but um, I I I know where he lives and burnt. <laughs> I know where you live. I cruised by your house three in the morning, Bernie. I'm coming for you, pal. When he said, "Hey, Rusty, don't worry about it. This is a job you'll never forget." Well, (laughs) you were right, Bernie. I'll never forget this job. So
0: I I bet you had you got the opportunity to meet a lot of attractive women, though, right?
1: Believe it or not, there haven't been that many in. (laughs) What they need (laughs) licenses too. Well, they need licenses. A lot of them. A lot of the real hot. Let's do it online because the one, they're all bundled up. They look like they just came from the Ukraine. You know, so, uh, not the there to look for women. You know, by the way, Barbara and I, Barbara and I are getting married. I I, I, I this you next next June in Los Angeles, my favorite place because I worked out there for four years for KNBC and Barbara's least favorite place. So so uh, here's a, a great tie-in. A couple months ago. I better say I'm happy for you. It's a standard issue well, response. Well, yeah, th- thank you. We've been together 20 years. You know, it's 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 one of these one of these deals. So so she wants I your sent, inheritance. She does want me. I want to make sure it goes to her and not to the DLC. That's why I make sure. <laughs> so so I sent. I had a couple of connections at Caltrans. Now, as you all know, Joe, Caltrans, California Transportation, is the PennDOT of California. So I sent a couple of inquiries out there as a, as a bridge engineer, and a, a PE, a professional engineer. And I sent a couple of inquiries out because they're starting to rebuild the, the uh, portion of the 710 freeway way near, uh, near Long Beach. And they're going to start to rebuild all the concrete freeways, which have been out there since the late 1930s, all concrete. So I sent it in just, uh, just as a, a matter of fact, explain the situation. I got a call back about two weeks later, from one of the main engineers at Caltrans. And he said, when can you start? Jokingly, I said, I could probably start next July. He goes, no, seriously. He said, two months before you come out here, call me or send me an email and we will have things coming up big projects we are starting to arrange next summer for the los angeles area which is where i want to retire barbara comes with me that's fine she wants to stay here i'll visit four times a year on all the important holidays groundhog day arbor day things like that but i will be could this be another wait wait could this be another overlapping characteristic you're not a big holiday guy you're not a big holiday i'll come back to work holidays so this is another job right so 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 this may be not with my luck. Now, the guy, who, you know, who's 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 baiting me for this position, he won't be there you know, next year. But I would love to be in charge of one of the project engineering divisions for Caltrans while I'm out there. So maybe when I get married in June, I'm going to stay there at that point and then Barbara will stay here when she eventually retires, will join me. This is so, good. so
0: then we can do a podcast next year from
1: California. With a local guy, with a local guy. That's, That's you. Cool thing, Joe, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you this. think, you know, people around here think a big podcast is getting somebody from Binghamton. This is bigger than Binghamton, Joe, Los Angeles. So, so, so another job could be coming up, Joe. So another resume. I, I, I turned it. my 18th resume but the it was really-
0: and dynamo of, of 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 your life
1: continued I, oh, I i had only wished that you had come in for your real id when i was at the <laughs> dunn DLC. i would have tormented you i would have made you stand outside with plastic bags and <laughs> but, but in no in, in, in all fairness to though, make I, it I even have-
0: worse for you i wouldn't have trimmed my nose hairs for three weeks so they <laughs> would have been i would have been
1: like a crayfish look <laughs> You would have been you would have been in and out, Joe. You wouldn't even have known you had the photo until you got out of your car. I would have gotten you in and out so fast. But it, you know, people don't have a really, you know, good view about going to a driver's license center in general because it takes a very long time because there's a million people ahead of you. But I cannot believe that you just out of nowhere said about the privatizing because I've been saying that since I worked for the state. And and again, the state has been very very kind to me in many different positions, especially engineering with Pendot. But I think privatization in these areas, Joe, of I course. think is inev- it's inevitable. You cannot you cannot expect people, Joe, to wait outside for four hours in minus 15 in a snowstorm to get a photo taken. You just can't. do. It. And I realize COVID had a lot. It's not the state that wanted to right, do that. But, it's but, a, 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 right. Right. But, but,
0: but the people working there don't give a damn because. It's not privately owned. There's no incentive they're going to get paid whether they're happy or sad. That's just the way government works. It's a bureaucratic, dark, deep
1: trough of loneliness. And and I and I can only agree with that. And and you are right. As, as as much as it will hurt some people to say that, because the people at the DLC and Dunmore care a lot. They go out and tech people in line. I was one of the people that went out in that snowstorm and sleet and made sure the line around the building that the people had the right things, the right documents. So when they came I'm not in, saying they don't care, they don't care. But there's no I mean, real incentive on a private sector that you have. They're, they're, there isn't. There isn't. I mean, look at all these government jobs. I, I mean, you all you have to do is show up, and now with COVID, you don't even really even have to show up anymore. So Dude, I it, was it, a
0: I was an eleven year public high school teacher, and whether you're the best teacher and most devoted to the kids or a piece of garbage, you're going to get your job. You're going to keep your job in the year. You're going to get a salary increase. There's no incentive, right? That's exactly. the problem. And you're at
1: a top rated school. You're at Carbondale area. That's a top- <laughs> cool. And, and I mean, but, but this, there's no real incentive. You start, you know, I did a NASA at the same thing, whether I had 44 years in engineering, uh, you know, 44 years in engineering, or I had four years, I started at that GS level yes. where I could, you know, I could either been some nose picker from Noxon who got this, <laughs> or, or, or a 44 year of New York city engineer, but you start at the same salary from here to yeah. Hawaii. It, and you're right. And, and, and even you know, Neil like,
0: Armstrong, who walked on the moon, got the same amount of pay as a guy who was in in, in NASA
1: the same length of time who sat in Houston. It didn't matter. Exactly, exactly right. The same guy that figured out calculations at a desk at, at, at NASA in Houston. And here's a guy risking his life, got the same GS5. Plan. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it goes. People, people, right. People don't know this. And that's what I tell people all the time. Armstrong made nothing. Those guys made right. money when they came out and they After, headed up. Right. Lockheed, Martin, when yep. Boeing. They all became CEOs of major aerospace firms. They yes. made nothing, nothing yep. at NASA. do make a lot of money. nothing. <laughs> That's government
0: bioxy. Well, Where we're gonna have to end this, but I gotta end with two things. Um, the first thing is, and I know I don't know if the the listeners to Mr. Curiosity know this, but there's a podcast. And then there's a vo- a vodcast. You can watch all these on YouTube. So I'm going to ask you a couple things. That's not going to mean much to our Audible listeners. What's that stuff behind you? What's that grandma thing? What is what
1: is oh, that? Oh, that's that's my Rocky Glen. That's the uh, we got that at auction in 1988, August 24th. That's an actual Rocky Glen. That's yeah. They've done uh, they've done countless newspaper articles and on the Rocky Glen site. I paid. Uh, we paid eleven thousand dollars at auction back in 1988. No, you did break- not. That is in, yeah, that is the actual. That that thing is is awesome. I know. That is 1939. It's tarot deck of cards that lights, everything lights up. Uh, That is from 1939. It's working in the entire world. And it looks like my mother-in-law. Yeah. and, and, and. well, it looks like my former mother-in-law too, except she didn't have the chains around her neck. But it's like so. This, this, we, 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 got, and then, and then, Weller Woodworking in Hamlin, when they were located Hamlin, Weller Woodworking, Chris Weller, they redid the entire, the entire cabinet, all set for the coin play, like it was at Rocky Glen, fully redone. And right now, this is valued a little over one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in the collector's market. And Barbara oh says, God. sell it. Sell it oh now. my take god said, oh
0: my god i Look, know you
1: see this on youtube you gotta well here's the funny here's the funny part about this you know as a collector like myself joe <laughs> 10 minutes 10 minutes after i die this will be out at the curb <laughs> with a sign that says free take me on it just to get it out. See, that's that's a collector i i you know it, it's like i've had this for 33 years now but it will be get this out of here. There'll be a sign on it, as most collectors do. But yeah, I'm glad you noticed. That's why I I do everything in here. But that's the actual Rocky Glen grandma from the arcade. This was made in 1939 by the Mike Mundvis Corporation, who did all those. They did the cranes. They did the cranes, uh, you know, that picked up the the different toys. They did the bulldozer. It was called Sidewalk Superintendent. I'm trying to get one of those. called Sidewalk Superintendent. It was a bulldozer, which you manipulated to push lentils. I think I remember that. All all right.
0: You're starting to bore me again. I like that. All right. Yeah. So this is going to air Christmas week. Um, Christmas. So I just want to say before we end this that uh, I love you.
1: And I love you too. And I just want to say in all seriousness, thanks for, again for all you do for charity, especially for St. Joe's. It, 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 must, it must have been more difficult. I wanted to tell you this. It must have been more difficult for you to do that virtual year than it was actually to get out there and do it. I would have rather have been on of the course, road. Yeah. I want to keep moving. I like to be Absolutely. out there and yeah. But, but, but what you do and, at you know, it, it is, it is certainly a, a, a credit to your in shape, your physique, your, 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 you're getting things done this, you know, other than painting the living room like myself, and <laughs> <thank> you, <all laughs> through, you know, the, the things you do behind the scenes, are you know are are vastly vastly overshadow what you do on the screen and you know the the folks in this area you know you're synonymous with with saint joe's and all the charities and that's very nice you know once again you do not have to do that nobody has to do that and it's really good because you make you make a name for yourself you make yourself proud you make your employer proud and you make the area proud and i really do mean that joe
0: Oh, you're so kind to say that. I wasn't fishing for a compliment. And I just want to say the same thing about you. And I want to remind everyone, here are two guys, and I'm not getting preachy, but if there's anything you got from this whole thing, it's don't binge watch, be a doer, don't be a watcher, be an active participant in your own life and get out there and do, 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 do. You got to kill. We're only here for 70 some years if we're lucky, right? It's not about the length of life. It's that life hyphen in the middle of your birthday and your death day. You got to keep
1: killing, killing, killing and rocking and rolling and doing right. Life is short, Joe. Just don't do it at the DLC because your <laughs> <life is short. laughs> that's my only advice. If you can take one thing out of this and, and be nice, be nice. I, I, you know, we used to talk about this all the time. It's nice to be nice. So when you come in and you treat those people who I left behind at the DLC, when you treat them like yesterday is trash, (laughs) remember, that could be you as well. So there is a lot of meanness and nastiness in the society. And I was one of those guys before I got that job, as a matter of fact. So if ever there's a humbling job, Joe, that one is. But my goodness, no,
0: no disrespect to the the gentleman that went to Vietnam. But it sounds like you you left that place almost like a tour of duty.
1: Oh, I'll tell you, I think I, I almost was killed in action. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, the, but the biggest thing to take on out of this whole conversation, Joe, is that Bernie Biro's Bernie, I'm coming for you, pal. I'm coming for you. I'm going to try and get you before the holidays, but I'm coming for you, Bernie.
0: Rusty so Gale, say- ha- happy solstice, brother. I love
1: you. <laughs> Keep in touch, Joe. Thanks for everything. And I'll see you on TV. Keep on rocking in the free world, brother. You too, buddy boy.
0: Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. Curiosity.